Hi and welcome everybody. This is the Nick Dora Show, an experiment by yours truly. I've decided to try out podcasting for a limited number of episodes to see if this is fun and useful for both you, the listeners, as well as myself. The episodes I've lined up feature great guests with really interesting insights into this business of animation. I'll be putting out one episode a week for the next three weeks, and I'll continue thereafter if you think I should. To that end, I ask you for your straight-up feedback. Please let me know what you thought about any of the episodes, either through email, nick at nickdora.com, that's N-I-C-K at N-I-C-K-D-O-R-R-A.com, on Twitter, where my handle is Andorra, or on the LinkedIn episode posts. If you really like what you hear, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating so that it will show up for other people looking for similar content. This episode is kindly sponsored by Selection, developers of Selection 2D, the 2D animation software that is used on some of the most successful series in the world like Peppa Pig, Bluey and Mr. Bean. This episode is a little different from the others in that I've wanted to discuss the coronavirus crisis that we are currently experiencing and what impact it has on the kids' business. To that end, I've invited Tom Van Weveren as a guest for this episode. Tom began his career in animation at Nelvana in 1996 as director of its London office. In 1999, Tom moved to Copenhagen to head up Egmont Imagination as its president, where he was involved in the production of over 100 hours of animation. Tom started his own company in 2004 and merged his pipeline of projects with Cake in 2006. And since that date, he has been responsible for scouting development and executive production of all Cake content. Tom has been nominated three times for a Daytime Emmy and is currently overseeing a development slate of over 20 properties from preschool to animation for 6 to 12, as well as overseeing All Cake's current productions, which include Netflix's first African animated original Mama K's Team 4, the first long-form animated Angry Birds series Angry Birds Summer Madness, also for Netflix, and a long-form series based on web phenomenon Lucas the Spider for Cartoon Network. Tom is CEO and creative director at Cake, as well as vice chair of animation in Europe, where he is working to improve support for the animation industry in Europe. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, Tell us, just for uh, some context, tell us tell us a little bit about uh, what you do on a daily basis normally, and uh, and how you how you ended up where you are right now. Right. So um, I am the uh, CEO and creative director of uh, Cake, uh, and uh, at Cake we uh, we are involved in the different stages of the animation industry. So we. Uh, although we're uh, best known as a distributor, we also develop, uh, package, produce um, animated uh, series for different uh, audiences. Uh, I would say uh, we start with preschool and our and our series, and we ha- until uh, and we our oldest content is probably for uh, young adult um, and uh, family audiences, and um, that means that for me. Uh, in the day-to-day, I spend a lot of time uh, with our um, partners on different projects, and they are studios that are uh, spread around the world. And we work with studios in yeah, pretty much 
as everywhere. And um, that is um, screening uh, projects that are being sent to us and then picking the ones on which we get uh, formally uh, engaged and then start working with our partners to make them uh, um, ready uh, to pitch. Uh, and then um, once we have, and so that's, that's what I spend a lot of my time on. And of course, once we have uh, raised the funding needed for projects, uh, it's also, um, of course, then putting them in production and following that process and getting them ready for the market. So that's what I personally focus on. And the rest of the team, of course, does everything uh, that needs to happen around that. And I've started just to give context, although uh, it feels like uh, something that uh, it doesn't feel like that long. I started working in animation in uh, 96, so that's a little while ago. And uh, I started working uh, at Cake about uh, uh, 14, 14 years ago. Great. And um, now, of course, we're we're doing this recording in in the midst of the whole uh, coronavirus crisis and um, taking uh, a bit of a different approach in this episode. I I wanted to I wanted to discuss uh, with you. Um, you know, some ideas, some strategies that, you know, you maybe at Cake are using in these in these very unusual times or, or things that you've seen, seen or heard other other players uh, use. Uh, but it, it the, the whole idea for interviewing you uh, came 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 to me when when I saw a, uh, a mention of yours that you found, uh, I think you said you found it interesting that instead of being on the corset for MIP TV, you found yourself in in your own in your own kitchen. Uh, how different of an experience was the MIP TV week for you last week? Um, I mean, very different in that we did have a number of um, uh, of uh, conference calls, uh, uh, video calls set up. Uh, and and I think that for me, that's maybe the most interesting or the most, most um, universal kind of response is that we've moved our conversations uh, onto um, uh, yeah, on, onto video conferencing uh, apps. So um, I think that I used to work, I, I used to uh, be familiar with two, I think by now we're working on six different uh, <laughs> of these uh, applications because everybody has their favorite. And instead of uh, pitching in front of a, um, a group of people or a room of people, it's actually developing the skills to uh, uh, share screen and uh, have files that will play uh, on these different um, platforms. So I think that it's 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 interesting because it does digital. So in a in a funny way, I think that although you don't have the people physically in front of you, which is what we're used to, there is a level of there's also a sense of it being quite intimate to being with a group on a, uh, be it on Skype or Zoom or or Blue Jeans or whichever it it may be, um, it does feel actually that for starters you don't you're not distracted by the um, by the noise of people on stands nearby uh, or walking through the aisles. Um, so it's interesting. It's a it's a mixed thing. But of course um, there's two levels to um, to being at a, at a conference. Uh, and uh, it's it's the business side of it, but it's also the social interacting. And of course, the social interacting 
uh, is um, needs to be squeezed into into that meeting as well. So it's a it's creates a new a new dynamic. But I think we're all very conscious at this stage that you know we're all just trying to make it work. So um, it's um, it's been positive in that uh, everybody is uh, on, on that we interact with have been very flexible and um, trying to find the best way forward to, together into what everybody recognizes is of course a very unusual and unprecedented uh, situation. So it's uh, yeah. No, so I, I would say that the week was there for digital rather than live, but in many ways, you know, uh, still creating the opportunity for having meaningful conversations and and maybe and that's maybe just the other thing is uh, what we've realized this week, but even in the weeks before, is that how incredibly lucky we are to be in animation because despite all the challenges that it represents to set up uh, production pipelines remotely, that option actually exists, whereas the vast majority of people that would have been in Cannes um, uh, are probably not having uh, the, the, vi the video calls that we are all having because there's not much to talk about because everything has been uh, put on hold or uh, has been delayed indefinitely. So that is um, you know, a very different uh, kind of energy. So I think um, as we went through the week, that for me also meant that um, I'm very aware of the privilege and the good fortune that we have to be in this situation and therefore whatever challenges we're confronted with are um, are small uh, in relation to what others have to uh, have to deal with uh, these days yeah no definitely definitely i've i've spoken to both uh, animation studios and live action companies during this time and it's yeah it's a very different story between between those two um I was interested uh, in what you said about, you know, the difference between pitching to a room uh, live versus then, you know, having to figure out screen sharing and, as you said, having files that, that play well and so on. Um, have, have you found, like, it's, it's only been a few weeks, but, but so far, have, have you found any, anything that, you know, any do's or don'ts in that regard or something that, you know, make sure this and this uh, works before you before you go into the video calls? Have you, uh, do you have anything in that regard? Listen, I think it's it's a little, it, it's not that different from going to a market. You just want to make sure that you have uh, a version of a pitch deck that works for the context of the meeting. So mm -hmm. um, if anything, it might you might want it to be a little bit a little bit shorter, um, mm -hmm. but and also just if if at all possible have lighter files just because they play more easily. But it, you know it's also it's really uh, luck of the draw whether you're going to have a good connection or not. And therefore, if you have a uh, a teaser that you want to show, whether it will play or whether it will uh, or whether it won't. So it's um, yeah. uh, I do find that what is great is that. We all realize that clearly this is not how we normally like or want to work, and so there is a lot of uh, flexibility on both sides of the screen 
that yes. uh, we basically say, you know, we're going to try this, and if it doesn't work, I'll send it to you, and you can have a look at it. And you know, and and, and of course, I think that's always again, but I think more so that if you are sitting on a stand in candy, you can't actually get something to work. Uh, that's frustrating. Clearly, it happens regularly because that's why we're in this industry, right? If you produce audiovisual materials, it's just a Murphy's law that uh, sometimes in some meetings you won't be able to get a, a trailer to play that has played perfectly well in the 10 previous ones. But uh, I think that in this, uh, these exceptional uh, circumstances, everybody is uh, even more uh, aware of the fact that, you know, we, we make do with what we have and um, we try to get across or we're trying to get across as best as possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think you made you made a good point that you know you can of course always send the materials through through them as well. But but would you say that if uh, I mean this goes a bit into the nitty gritty, but um, in order to sort of choreograph the pitch, I assume you'd you'd want to try and be the one who presses play and who changes the slides instead of you know asking the other person. No, no, to of go course. Pay, pay yeah. I mean, I think most of the most of those, if not all, um, uh, all the video conferencing apps uh, have an option to to share your screen. Yeah. So um, if you then share the screen to the right app, um, you know, it, most apps can uh, quite easily run uh, from a PowerPoint presentation. And then uh, I guess the thing is, the heavier they are, the more risk you're taking that they might not actually run as smoothly as you would want them to. But um, uh, I would think I, I, I'm actually uh, it's, it's really nice that the the level of sophistication of, uh, of uh, video conferencing apps has really increased over the last few years. And yes. we're taking we're, we're having getting the full benefit of that. So I think that, you know, you can it's just uh, it's a simple thing that if you're going to do a presentation uh, in an in an um, video conferencing app that you've never used before, clearly if you have an opportunity to try it on one of your colleagues first, um, you'll be more relaxed when you try it to, uh, to somebody that you want to uh, focus on the presentation rather than on your uh, challenges getting the presentation up. Exactly. Um... How does this mode of of working compare with your with the usual you know days at cake? Uh, because you you work across all geographies, um, but but do do you like have have you have you been pitching a lot remotely uh, before? Um, is there like a uh, or, or or was it all in person before? Is this very different for you right now? So. Uh, I think there's two things. Definitely, we always try to pitch uh, live in the room, mm -hmm. just because it's so much easier to get uh, across uh, our what makes us passionate about that this particular project. Uh, and um, so we haven't used um, these kind of uh, video conferencing uh, applications for um, for pitches uh, before. Uh, because of that. Uh, mm -hmm. However, we are very familiar with using them because I was thinking the other day, I started using Skype in 2003 mm -hmm. and uh, at that time uh, for voice calls only. But um, we ha because, as I was saying earlier, um, we're currently uh, developing shows with, uh, developing and producing shows with uh, studios 
um, that are, uh, you know, as far uh, uh, as far remote from each other as, um, you know, Cape Town, where uh, Triggerfish is based, uh, who are our uh, who are the creators and are therefore also our co-producers on the on the Mama K team, team Four, which we're producing at the moment. Uh, but we're also developing uh, a show um, uh, with Igloo, which is a studio based in Bangkok, and that project's called Street Pong. Uh, and so, with all these people, we spend we spend a lot of time uh, just giving updates and discussing materials that we share. We will typically do that on a on a video conferencing app, just to um, and we'll meet up when we can, be it in Cannes or Annecy or other places. But um, it's great to during the year um, have the feeling to have spoken to each other uh, more intensely. It feels the, the extra connectivity that you get by seeing people's faces and their facial reactions to discussions. Uh, that's something we're very familiar with. So. Mm. I think that gives us the great, and I and, and I know that this is not true for my whole team, uh, because but that's certainly true for our development team uh, and our sales team, uh, and so then, but of course we uh, we started working remotely with the whole team three three weeks ago today, and I would say for the other half of the team, it might be even slightly more than half, working remotely is a whole new experience. Um, so it's uh, that's interesting to see how, depending on on the responsibilities we have on the team and basically how we do our work, that um, this situation is much more challenging and new for uh, half of our team, whereas for the other half of the team is is applying skills and working methods that we already master, but apply yeah. them to a different situation. So we realize that there's different degrees of disruption for people uh, within our team. Um, so we're trying to uh, be conscious of that and 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 uh, provide support and perspectives where we can. Um, but yes, no, it's um, so it's it's a big thing. So we uh, and and um, but I think so far, as I said, I think there is uh, what is great, and as I think it's it's tribute to also the children's uh, children's uh, animation uh, industry, children's content. I think in general, it's the same. It's like uh, the fact that we have a very cooperative culture uh, mm. between between networks and producers but also between producers amongst us there's a lot of sharing of uh, knowledge and uh, thoughts and opportunity between between everyone and there's a lot of flexibility and open-mindedness in finding a way forward together so um, and I think that we're we're finding that every day so that we're very for which we're um, uh, very we're uh, and as I say, yeah, we're very um, appreciative of mm-hmm. working in that kind of an environment. Yeah, yeah. Do Do you think that that this this new mode of working uh, might might sort of take hold more in the future? Will Will people be conducting pitches more over? Uh, over video conferencing, or on the other hand, will will buyers be saying, "Well, we're actually going to skip a couple of the smaller markets and just have people come to us via via video conferencing"? I find that very very hard to call. Um, I think that there is personally, I think there's always an additional. Uh, value to uh, seeing people 
face-to-face just because even if you can read somebody better on camera than just uh, audio, being in a room, uh, you can do that reading even better. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, <clears throat> and certainly when it's uh, about uh, animation, you're not only looking at a project, but you're also basically contemplating uh, the possibility of being in business with somebody for the next two to two to ten years. So there's mm. quite a lot at stake, <laughs> and I would, yes. I would, I would, uh, I would certainly always prefer doing that based on having spent time face to face. And I think the downside uh, of doing it all digitally is that um, there is the social agenda on. Um, uh, what it said, just drinks, parties, or dinners, uh, breakfast, lunches, uh, which we always try to reserve for the people that we are uh, in business with long-term on projects uh, or wish to be. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very key. Uh, those are very key elements of those uh, markets as well. So uh, clearly, uh, the business part centers around uh, the IPs that we discuss and the projects that we pitch. Uh, but it's also very much, you know, do you feel uh, these are people that are sufficiently on the same uh, wavelength that uh, you're likely to have a successful and positive experience if you decided to move forward and work with them. So uh, I think, therefore, uh, the same must be true on both sides uh, of the table. Uh, and therefore, it's also in the same way important if you're, uh, whether you're a streaming platform or a, a linear broadcaster or all of that, all of the different uh, versions in between, um, that consideration is there uh, just as much. So um, I would, I would, um, I would therefore hope and think that it's we're not going to be dismissing the opportunity of seeing each other uh, a few times uh, a year. Uh, but hopefully what it might do is you know create a an, an opportunity like an other an other um, entry point into organizations where mm-hmm. rather than but i don't know this is but i could imagine this that rather than uh, spending um, time uh, w- wading through these uh, stacks of projects that are sent in that may be giving somebody uh, half an hour uh, of your time, which is the time you would otherwise spend on the project, uh, you know, mm. it might, you might uh, consider uh, just um, speaking to people online and having that conversation. And I think, you know, we, we certainly try to do that as well. So, you know, if there's something of interest, um, it's, uh, you know, it's basically, it's, it's a great tool uh, for follow-up. Uh, and, um, but I don't know if that's something new or what I just further underlines how, uh, how suitable uh, these uh, apps are for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on, on on that that I do I do think there is definitely a future for for markets for exactly that social interaction piece at the very least because uh, yeah, as you say it's it's about meeting people and getting getting a feel for them and and and, and so on. Um, now that you know there are market cancellations uh cmc for example was 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 also just just cancelled uh for this year 
do you think that this will or, or have you maybe already seen that this uh, results in delays in decision making on the buyer side? Uh, I think it's um, it's that's hard to call because I would imagine that it's been just as challenging uh, uh, for those organizations to set themselves up for remote working. Uh, and I am sure that everybody has uh, has had to spend time that they would otherwise have spent on their everyday uh, work uh, just mm -hmm. to get that organized. So I think it's a natural thing that everything should be slightly delayed, but um, hopefully um, uh, if we get uh, once we get to the other side of uh, Easter uh, next week, um, you know, most of us will have been doing this for between two to four weeks, and it, uh, we can hopefully uh, get to a place where we start feeling like a, like a, a temporary, a temporary uh, usual. Uh, yeah. And so clearly, if we count back from from Kids Green, uh, there's been a lot of disruptions since then. Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore, conversations might not have evolved as much as one would have liked since then. But um, our, my expectation would be that that should be uh, picking up again fairly, fairly, fairly soon. Just because uh, the the other great piece of news is that um, the platforms that we work with, our clients, um, are very much open for business, and they're seeing a lot uh, of their. Um, of their viewers come in numbers that they're not used to. So uh, that pickup is, of course, very positive, uh, even if it's complicated because the advertising revenues uh, in all disrupted market, all markets that are disrupted by Corona uh, are clearly heavily reduced. So um, which, again, is not good. But the fact that um, the children are actually even rediscovering that they have this uh, screen in their living room where they can go for content as well, uh, mm -hmm. to a much higher degree than in the in the past uh, in the past two or three years. It's it's just very interesting, and um, underlines you know the uh, the robustness of the underlying proposition of the kids content business. You know, children do uh, are voracious uh, consumers of uh, of content, uh, and um, so there is a. There is um, a continued uh, need for creating uh, more and further, and the next generation of that content uh, to keep that uh, uh, to keep that industry fed and 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 supplied with yeah. what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think um, definitely the the word has been that uh, especially finished content that is already you know made and, and 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 can be can can be sold that there's been a lot of interest for that in the market um, I, I was just wondering that uh, you know uh, when we were discussing that absent that human interaction part of the markets where you where you can kind of get a feel for for people and make up make up your mind on, you know, whether or not to get involved with things. Um, I was just wondering if, if, if that might have, uh, like, if, even if that delay would not have materialized yet, but if, if you feel that there could be 
um, some impact uh, on that. That some some decisions might might be might be delayed until you know I I can next meet that producer and then I'll make up my mind, or uh, whether there is like uh, the the situation where actually well we we have to we have to make decisions no matter what and and it's, it's a special time and we'll just bite the bullet on this one. Well, I think there's there's two sides to it. I think the first one is that because we have been only doing that for years, there's a lot of people that we already know. Um, so there might be a tendency, it, it's probably going to be more attractive in these times to go to the people, go to the people that, you, uh, that you know rather than, uh, rather than uh, the people that you don't. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so that makes it harder for new entrants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think that there is a very broad choice of people that will already be known to each other and to the industry. Um, so hopefully that leaves enough uh, options uh, there that uh, can function. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, so I think in the long term you'd have that problem. In the short term, uh, I think it was really when you were asking whether uh, whether that was uh, threatening the existing of events, I think I don't think so. Uh, mm. Whether whether we whether it's uh, it will have an impact on our business not being able to get together for um, for a number of months and, and therefore having some key uh, events fall away. I do actually think that with uh, with technology and uh, existing relationships, uh, we can bridge we can bridge a, a period like that. Uh, without uh, that needing to have um, a disproportionate uh, effect on our industry. Uh, I just think long term, we don't want to uh, embrace this as the only model. Yeah, yeah. So for for producers or, or other players who might who might not have those relationships yet, uh, it's it's little solace at the moment, but but the sort of take home for from this is actually for the future uh, go out to those networking events once they're back and and really make sure that people will answer your requests for video calls even in times like this so it, it, it maybe even amplifies the need for for those social events yeah I mean this, I, I, it's, I, it's very hard I, I don't have full visibility on you know um, how many uh, shows will actually just come out of Norway? I think all of uh, we're we're in a. Uh, it's often said that we're we're not sprinters. We're all uh, running marathons. So it's like uh, yes, I think it's probably a longer warming up, but it's. Uh, I I think we're talking about. Uh, the margins of the business, not the, the mainstay of it. I think the mainstay of it is people that um, that have been around for a while. They do produce the majority of what you find in the marketplace. And yes, there's some disruption in that. I think there's organizations that are asking themselves, okay, in this for the next six months, what do we prioritize? So priorities might change, um, and therefore there might be some delays and disruptions because of that. But ultimately, if you have a compelling uh, proposition, uh, people will still, uh, rec- will, there's no reason why people wouldn't recognize that and they can still uh, move forward uh, through different stages of consideration and commitment. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, have have you at Cake um, been been playing with the idea of of doing something, you know, a bit bit more reactionary uh, to the to the unfolding events? I'm I'm just thinking of, for example, the um, the Corona themed shorts that Hopster uh, commissioned and created in a very very short time. Have you have you thought of whether there are actually opportunities content-wise in this. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned that usually it's a marathon, but uh, with with you know exceptional circumstances, sometimes you find you find ideas. Have 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 you been been looking into that at Cake? I mean, I think that uh, because we don't have a studio ourselves, but we work with uh, it's our partners who have the studios and manage them. Uh, what we've seen on some, uh, they're certainly in the market. Uh, quite a number of people who have embraced the opportunity uh, either on their own or with uh, attached broadcasters to create uh, public service announcements uh, using known characters um, and uh, most of them are uh, about uh, encouraging kids to wash their hands and follow the guidelines and so yeah we have um, uh, we certainly have a few of those uh, that have either already been made or are in the works um, and then, but then, uh, when you start telling more people about them, you realize that that is clearly something that um, uh, is uh, unsurprisingly not a unique thought. So it's really great to see that people are rallying to that and um, and uh, doing that just to getting uh, loved uh, beloved characters to uh, to underline the importance of what we uh, are being told by scientists is the best way to. Uh, tackle this, um, this crisis from a health point of view. So from that point of view, uh, we certainly see that happening. Uh, and uh, the other thing is uh, we hear from several of our, uh, quite a few of our broadcast uh, clients that um, they are um, assessing what it is that they, what they need. And um, some of those uh, needs are slightly different from what they would have told us three months ago. So yes, I mean, mm -hmm. there is certainly a constant um, Evaluation happening and uh, and adjustments, but it's not. Um, yeah, it it hasn't. Uh, we haven't. It hasn't triggered us to to uh, yeah do something like with a quick uh, turnaround other than those uh, public servants uh, mm -hmm. uh, announcements. But we have also we have heard uh, from different um, markets that um, people that have uh, programming concepts that can be turned around quickly for an attractive budget and with a, a very limited crew or a remote setup mm. uh, that there are uh, a number of uh, broadcasters that are very open to uh, to receiving those pictures and, um, and for instance the BBC sent, sent around um, um, a specific brief uh, uh, with that in mind but I'm sure um, others have done the same. Yeah, yeah. Um. Is there have, have you have you uh, heard of any 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 other uh, sort of solutions or or ways of uh, ways of tackling this this unique situation that 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 have sounded interesting or is it is it more that <clears throat> everybody is sort of just hanging in there and trying to get their their Skype connections uh, to work. I, I think that the the challenge to, I mean, we have a 
we have a relatively small team when I compare it to the studios that we work with, uh, where some studios have had to uh, set up people working remotely from anywhere between 60 to 400 uh, uh, individuals. So can imagine what that means logistically, particularly because generally these measures are announced with days uh, notice rather than weeks or month. Um, so I think uh, a lot of um, a lot of people have um, have actually outperformed their uh, their best estimations of how long it would have taken uh, to do that. Normally, normally you would ask your uh, your IT uh, team uh, and your production team, okay, uh, how long if we needed to um, you know if we needed to move buildings? Like no, no, it's impossible. It's going to disrupt production. Uh, and uh, our, um, but here it's basically okay. Here's the choice: we either set people up working remotely, or we do not produce anymore. Uh, and then to see that in a matter of days, uh, very substantial uh, teams have been able <clears throat> to be set up to work remotely. And of course, it's complex not only uh, just from a, as you're saying, from a setting from a bandwidth point of view, of course which you know uh, people working remote will need to do individually but it's also making sure that uh, all the hardware and software and how it's set up and uh, networked is all safe uh, and secure uh, so that it's not only doing the work but making sure that it is happening in a safe way uh, so yeah. that uh, the whole pipeline is uh, secured and um, and that is uh, but again I think uh, it goes uh, it speaks to the a general culture in our industry uh, that there's been a lot of generous sharing of uh, ideas and approaches uh, between studios and between producers, uh, just sharing um, sharing ideas and um, and approaches and um, uh, and and by doing so, helping each other to get that get that to work. And now, of course, everybody is working remotely. We're just you know, uh, I'm sure there's uh, still uh, quite a bit of um, troubleshooting that's uh, going on uh, but um, um, yeah. overall it seems that uh, people have actually been able to pull off that challenge uh, for which uh, they their needs I mean I have got a great respect um, for uh, the organizations and the individuals that have been able to pull that off and very grateful for them to do doing so because it has it, it basically puts us in a position to say um, to our partners you know it's like okay we can uh, we can keep all those productions going uh, and uh, we cannot say that there will be zero disruption, but the general feeling is that uh, we can stay pretty close to our previous assumptions, uh, and uh, we're doing everything necessary to uh, to be able to deliver on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. We're actually uh, slowly coming coming uh, to the end of our allotted time, so I'll. I'll ask you a couple of my standard questions uh, now. Okay. Um, is uh, is there anything I haven't asked you? Uh, asked you in in this context, anything you'd want to, you'd still want to talk about or mention? Um, you, can you repeat that? You just broke up. You just broke up uh, while you were asking that question. Sure. Uh, so is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think uh, I should have or that uh, you would have wanted to talk about in in this uh, in this context? Uh, 
I don't, there's nothing that uh, particularly comes to mind. I think I would just basically um, repeat. I mean, for me personally, I find that these kind of situations just make me aware of, uh, as a business and as an individual, of how privileged uh, I am and we are um, for for just uh, being uh, living in um, in the countries and operating from the countries that we're operating from and working with the parties that we're working with and uh, and uh, that uh, we should keep uh, our eyes uh, open to where it is that we can help out and share whatever uh, experience we have uh, had in dealing with this situation for others that might uh, come out and ask for that help. I think what's being really uh, warm and, and, and we, we've really spoken about our industry mostly, but if we see it at our countries and and our uh, communities and how they're being uh, looked after, it's really, uh, it's the people that uh, that work in the essential services, uh, including uh, the healthcare, of course, that, that are actually um, dealing with the crisis itself. We're only um, dealing with the impact of that crisis on our businesses, whereas they're helping to actually overcome that. and. Uh, and I think that whatever challenges we face are uh, just barely uh, worth mentioning, mentioning when you hear that people are just basically putting their own health uh, at risk just to help us uh, uh, get to the other side of this. So I think that's always uh, a very good and healthy reminder of uh, the level of the challenge that we are all dealing with because it's uh, in the bigger picture, yeah. it's really it's a, if it's, it's a privilege to be able to deal uh, with it. Uh, challenges first of all because a lot of people that uh, have their had their businesses just shut down altogether which is not the case for us and there's other people that are dealing with much bigger challenges that affect their personal health and that of people around them so yeah yeah I agree I agree um, is there is there anything um, that that you've learned through your time in in the enemy before that um, you value today, whether it's in in relation to the to the current crisis or or just generally something that that sort of serves as a as a north star for for you uh, in your work. Um, I think I touched upon it a few times already, but it, for to me, it's um, I feel uh, I. What we try to do is, uh, it's tough. I mean, tough to produce a lot of uh, series are set up as co-productions. That is inherently difficult because it's matching uh, studio cultures, uh, quite often also uh, national cultures that are different than overcoming that. It's both fascinating and challenging, uh, but it all happens generally uh, in a very positive environment uh, where cooperation and sharing and the curiosity in each other's points of view are at the center of what we do. And I find that personally very, uh, very motivating uh, and uh, a very un unique uh, ecosystem, even within the uh, international uh, media industry, where not everybody works in that kind of a collaborative and positive uh, environment. That doesn't mean that it's easy every day, uh, but it's certainly uh, an underlying Context that for me is a very key part of why I've enjoyed working in this industry for uh, for over 25 years now, and um, and I'm looking forward to uh, um, continue it for quite a bit longer for that uh, very reason. 
That sounds good, and I, I, I think that's a, that's a good note to end. Uh, you know, let's let's hope that we'll all be all be back at these various events, meeting each other face to face soon again. Uh, with you know the the worst having having been put behind us, uh, hopefully with with as as small as small uh, fallout as as only possible. Uh, thank you, Tom, for for taking your time to uh, to come on the podcast and and discuss these these topics uh, with us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Please uh, do send me your feedback. Do give the podcast a five star rating if you enjoyed what you heard, and if you want to. Be kept in the loop on upcoming episodes you can go to nickdora.com forward slash blog to sign up for the newsletter so you'll be notified about the next episode take care hear you soon